our scripture for today, it's a, it's a portion of Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. Um, the, the section that um, was, was read earlier in my uh, Bible, the New Revised Standard Version translation, uh, the title uh, that's given is Concerning Anger. Jesus is talking about anger. A- anger is an interesting thing. I, I was sitting in the street with my dad the other day. That's what uh, pandemic family time looks like for us. Uh, he sits on his side of the street in the Brooks Howell retirement community, and uh, we sit on the other side of the street in our, in our lawn chairs. We usually always talk about mom in one way or another. And so my dad was sitting against the brick wall the other day, and he just said, you know, I'm really angry at cancer. And his words just lingered in the air for me. But it was classic dad. Like, as long as, as I can remember, my dad has always said, you know, whenever you're angry, you just, you just need to name it. You just need to, to say that you're angry. And it always felt kind of silly to me or even awkward, you know, to, Father, I am angry with you. <laughs> but, but it worked. It, it always worked. So I'm just going to say it. I'm angry. And I know you're angry too. And we're, we're angry at this virus. Like, our entire lives have been completely disrupted, turned upside down, turned inside out. I haven't seen my wife in, in two months. I haven't hugged my dad in four months. And we're angry that we can't be together right now in, in this space or, or in our space, uh, worship space down in the gym. And I think even those thoughts of when we're gonna get back together in this space, we're angry because we know it's not gonna be the same. Um, it's just not. Mad that we have to keep our distance when we really want to hug. We're, we're, we're angry that we have to wear these masks. I go to the grocery store, and, and there, are, there are people mad at other people because they're not wearing masks. And then there are some people mad at other people because they are wearing masks. And there's this mask shaming going on, and it's crazy. It's just crazy. We're mad at the economy. You know, we've lost work. We've, we've lost our businesses. Some of you are, are trying to figure out how you're going to uh, provide for your family. Some of you are, are trying to figure out how you're going to take care of your employees. Like, like you've got to have these really hard conversations. Um, you're not sleeping at night. We're angry with politics. <laughs> like regardless of your political leaning, um, we're angry with, with the people and the policies that, that, that lean a, a different way. And it's, it just seems like our emotions are raw these days. Like they're all mixed together. We're, we're, we're frustrated. Uh, we're disappointed. Um, we're sad. And, and, and I think we're feeling a lot of grief. I mean, we've just lost a lot of things. And, and we're afraid. And that causes a lot of stress. And then there's anger. It's like it's just floating right there at the surface, just, just waiting to explode. 
And it can explode at the, at the smallest of things. So, so I went out to my cornfield the other day, the one that we planted together. I, I was excited making the drive. I, I, you know how it is. After two weeks, I had planted it, and it was two weeks later, and I just knew I was just going to see these perfectly beautiful little rows of corn. And I, I went out to my garden, and there was only like 20% of, of all this corn that I planted. And I thought, the chicken, I always defeat the crows. Like, I had that one conquered. I was like, how did the crows figure out how to get to the corn? And so when I got out there, it was like, it wasn't the crows. The chicken wire thing worked. It was like, the enemy this time was, was from under the ground. And I saw the holes and the little puffed up tunnels. I was in a family Zoom, and, and I was just sharing my, my frustration and my anger at the cornfield, because I had big plans for this, you know. It was like the moles got the corn. And Dad was like, not moles eat grubs and, and, um, and bugs. Like, it was probably voles. Voles are vegetarians. And I was like, voles? <laughs> like, voles are protected in North Carolina, so there's nothing I can do to get rid of these voles. Besides, like, I, I don't want to, to contribute to, to the extinction of a species because that's another thing that makes me mad. <laughs> like, we're not doing a, a real good job of, of taking care of our, our planet. So, I realize that sometimes we get really angry with God. You know, God, why won't you fix this? Why are you allowing these things to happen? Why won't you, you fix me? I mean, like, I, I looked up at the sky, and I was like, God, I planted more corn than I've ever planted in my life because I genuinely wanted to feed people. Like, I wasn't going to sell it at the farmer's market. I wasn't going to do, do anything to profit me. I was going to give it away. Like, it was a total Jesus move. <laughs> you know, Jesus' sermon, it, it reminds us that our anger is dangerous. That, that God condemns any anger that, that leads to violence or the extreme case that, le that leads to murder. But, but Jesus you know, takes it a, a step deeper for us. Like as, as, a, as a follower of Christ, like I can't even let my anger lead me to that place where I'm going to use abusive language or, or give insults. Um, you know, uh, the, the words that I, I speak... They matter. And our anger can smolder inside of us, kind of like hot coals. It, it can consume us. Jesus talks about um, um, the, the hell of fire. Well, that Greek word is, is, is actually Gehenna. And, and Gehenna was the name of this, this smoldering garbage dump just outside of, of uh, ancient Jerusalem. It's like Jesus is saying, um, that's what will happen if we just hold on to this. If, if we move in this way, like, uh, it, it'll, it'll consume us just, just like that. Uh, Fr Frederick Buechner, uh, he, uh, he was talking about the seven deadly sins. And he said, of the seven deadly sins, anger is possibly the most fun. To lick your wounds, to smack your lips over grievances long past, 
to roll over your tongue the prospect of bitter confrontations still to come, to savor the last toothsome morsel, both the pain you are given and the pain you are giving back. He says, in many ways, it is a feast fit for a king. The chief drawback is that what you are wolfing down is yourself. The skeleton at the feast is you. In Jesus' sermon, he gives us a solution, you know. He says to be reconciled. Be reconciled to your brother or your sister. In, in fact, he goes so far to say that it's, it's even more important than worship itself. That it gets in the way of worship. He said, so when you are offering your gift at the altar... If you remember that your brother or sister has something against you, leave your gift there before the altar and go. A couple of weeks ago, my, my prayer book uh, introduced me to Chief Seattle. Uh, Seattle uh, was born into a Suquamish village in, in the state of Washington on the Puget Sound. Uh, when, when he was just a child, um, he, uh, he witnessed the, the first arrival of, of white people um, in, into that area. Uh, when he was in his early 20s, he actually became the, the chief, and he inherited this responsibility of dealing with the white settlers. I, I was impressed with his story because um, he resisted the op option for, for violent. Uh, no violent resistance. He in, instead chose the path of peace. Of, of peaceful discourse. Uh, he, he died in, in 1866 uh, on a reservation, on Port Madison Indian Reservation, um, near uh, the, the, the city that now bears his name. Uh, I, I sat in my chair early that morning and just was deeply disturbed. Uh, it stirred this deep thing inside of me. I, I moved to Cherokee with my family when I was in the seventh grade. And I remember I couldn't understand why um, some of my, my classmates were, were so angry with me. I mean, I, I had a lot of friends, of course, but, but there were some who uh, would just shove me into the lockers every time they would pass by, or they would see me in the hallway and they would, they would knock my books out of my hand and, uh, and they, would, they would call me white boy. Uh, well. Um, my, my eyes were opened um, in a dramatic way, uh, literally a dramatic way, uh, the Unto These Hills drama. Um, back in those days, uh, on opening day, it was kind of like a dress rehearsal, but they called it Indian Day. And so everybody who lived on the reservation uh, got to go to the drama and, and see the drama. And, and that would be the talk for days and what was different and, and uh, what was the same. But I, I remember watching the story of, of the Cherokee people I remember my eyes being filled with tears. Um, the story of, of how our government was going to relocate them and move them to Oklahoma and how uh, a bunch of them, Solly and his family and a bunch of others, fled into, into our mountains here. Um, and, and so finally, after all this effort to, to try to, to, to capture the Cherokee who had fled into the mountains, the government was like, okay, if Solly and his sons will surrender, we'll let the rest of you stay. 
And, and so Sali did. He and his sons um, surrendered to, to the soldiers and they were executed. Like they gave their lives for those Cherokee hiding in the mountains uh, so, so that they could stay. And, and of course, there's the, the reservation here today. But the rest of them were relocated and, and it's called the Trail of Tears. You know this. Uh, 4,000 of them died from, from cold and, and hunger and disease. I, I'll never forget as a kid the, the shame that I felt and then the, the anger that I felt. And, and learning uh, Seattle's story uh, the other day just, just reminded me that, that I've been angry for a long time. You know, Minneapolis, Minnesota has, has been the focus of a lot of attention on our news lately, but four years ago, there was, there was a demonstration happening in Minneapolis. The, the police had, had shot and killed an unarmed, an unarmed black man. And at this protest, uh, Pastor Danny Givens, he, he uh, peacefully challenged the governor of Minnesota, and, and he, he yelled into the microphone, at this demonstration and he says your people keep killing my people and he said you keep saying that you're going to do something and he says I'm just acting asking you to act on that to, to put some action in, into your words and, and then he said this isn't black anger this is black grief I, I told my dad at the brick wall the other day our uh, family time together I said, I'm gonna preach a sermon on anger. And dad immediately said, well, have you watched um, Michelle Obama's commencement address to, to the class of 2020? And I said, no, but I did. I watched it and, and I wanted to, to share what she said about anger. She said, anger is a powerful force, but when anger is focused, when it's channeled into something more, that's the stuff that changes history. She said, Dr. King was angry, Sojourner Truth was angry, Lucretia Mott, Cesar Chavez, the, the folks at Stonewall, they were all angry. But those folks were also driven by compassion, by principle, and by hope. You know, Jesus went into the temple and he got really angry. It's a famous story. But at the heart of it, what stirred Jesus was just this simple fact that this is not what God has in mind. And he turned over a few tables. You know, anger is an interesting thing. We have to let it out or, or it will destroy us. And we have to unleash its power. It's, it's a power that, that, that brings with it hope for healing. And we need a lot of that kind of hope these days. You know, from, from up here, we can, we can see the whole town. Like This is our town, the town of Waynesville. This is where we live. This is our home. And I think about all this, you know, that we can be so full of anger at the, at the things that are going on in our world. And I wonder, how is that power going to be unleashed? How are we going to make a difference? How are we going to change history in this place, this place where we live? You know, my prayer for us today is that, is that God will bring healing, like that God will heal us, that God will heal our hearts, and that God will use us, that God will use the church to bring the healing that, 
our town needs, that our world needs. God help us with that. Amen.